The Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Lessons in Leadership, Essentials for Becoming a Successful Government Contractor, a Blueprint for Success, a Professional Development Seminar, featuring President and CEO of the Windsor Group, Deidre Windsor, Director for the DLA Office of Small Business Programs, Dwight Daniel. Founder of Strategy and Management Services Incorporated, Stacy Redman. Director for the Small Business Programs Department of the Navy, Jimmy Smith. President of Thomas Solutions Incorporated, Lieutenant Colonel Alan Thomas. And managing partner for AMA Consulting, LLC, Maria Asuleman. A dynamic panel of leaders discuss the opportunities in supplying services and products to the U.S. government. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Lessons in Leadership, Essentials for Becoming a Successful Government Contractor, a Blueprint for Success, featuring Deidre Windsor, Dwight Daniel, Stacy Redman, Jimmy Smith, Lieutenant Colonel Alan Thomas, and Maria Asuleman. Hi, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for coming and attending. Uh, this is our last session, and it's going to be actually a very dynamic session. So those people that are in the back, I'd really like you to come up front so we can have more of an intimate discussion with them. Um, let's say the first two rows, come on front. Um, if you have if you have not scanned your badges, please make sure you do that at the end. Uh, welcome to the BEA 2020 STEM conference. Uh, my name is Sonia Kumar. I'm the CEO of Digital Envy, as well as representing the Stars and Strike Committee that's making sure that this happens for everyone in terms of the government, military, and those that are needing to learn all of the uh, dynamic panels we've been that have been going on the past two days. Um, I've had the privilege of talking to everyone on this panel, and I'm very grateful to be here. And I would like to introduce Ms. Deidre Windsor, and she is going to go ahead and introduce everyone that's on the panel. Thank you so much, Deidre. Thank you so much, Sonia. And, and it's very nice to meet Sonia because I think we've exchanged about maybe 100 emails, 100 emails in the last month or so. But I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be here uh, every year. So uh, welcome, everyone, to the session today. I'm Deirdre Windsor, and I'm your co-moderator uh, for today's panel titled Lessons in Leadership, Essentials for Becoming a Successful Government Contractor, a Blueprint for Success. So I am excited to co-moderate with uh, my colleague and friend, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retire Alan Thomas, uh, Al is the president of Thomas uh, Solutions, Inc., and he hates when I say this, but I say it anyway because it's so cool that he's a former uh, Green Beret, and uh, if you know what that means, that just means he's a pretty, you know, a bad dude. So anyway, let's give it up for Al. <laughs> and so Al, Al is also a small business owner like myself, uh, and we're both very excited today uh, to be here with our great panelists. Uh, how many business owners in the room? Yeah, so you're in for a real treat today. Uh, on our panel today, we have our first panelist is uh, Mr. Dwight Daniel. He is the director of the DLA Office for of Small Business Programs. 
Um, we have Miss Stacy Redman. She is the founder of Strategy and Management Service Inc., uh, which is also called SAMS. Uh, we have Miss Maria Asuleman. Uh, she is the managing partner for AMA Consulting LLC, and she also holds the distinction of being the very first person who gave me a contract when I started She's my business in 2017. <laughs> uh, so let's give it up for our panelists. So I had some administrative notes. I think Sonia covered most of those, but I'll just hit them really quick, like come up to the front, don't sit in the back. Uh, make sure you scan your badge because we want to make sure uh, business they, they owners use on the that to determine whether or not panel, they have these panels the every year. Share the challenges um, they faced also, on their journey you to can success get, uh, right after this. If you register at the Morgan State University table uh, near registration, you can get the uh, CEU credits there or, or professional development credits. Uh, and there's going to be uh, a survey at the end. There will be a link will be sent to each of you. Um, um, via the registration site, and just make sure you provide um, your your feedback. Uh, so anyway, and also the uh, social media. If you're if you're taking pictures and posting anything on social media, you can um, you can tag at um, Baya Technology B E Y A. Um, that's on Twitter, and then you have Baya STEM on Facebook. You can join the group on Facebook. Uh, okay, that's it. I think that's it. Okay, so we're going to go ahead without further ado and get started today. Uh, we're going to start with introductions. Uh, we're going to give each one of our panelists uh, a minute to introduce themselves. And uh, we will start on the end with um, Dwight. Dwight? Well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, as mentioned, uh, Dwight Daniel, Director, Office of the Small Business Programs at the Defense Logistics Agency. Uh, under my leadership and stewardship, uh, I aid DLA in awarding and administering roughly 40 billion in contract actions on an annual basis, to which uh, last fiscal year, 15 billion went to American-owned small businesses. Um, I'm proud of that stat, simply because uh, we lead the way across the Department of Defense in awarding contracts to small businesses. Uh, out of the services uh, in DLA, we account for roughly 75% of DOD spend. And so out of that 75%, roughly 35% for DLA, went, uh, DLA awarded for small businesses. And so uh, when I tell my staff, which I have roughly about 50 up under me, is so goes DLA, so goes DOD, so goes the entire federal government in terms of meeting the annual small business metrics. So I, I stand proud to lead that organization and that team uh, as a direct report to the three-star lieutenant, uh, Daryl Williams, uh, who's my current boss. And uh, just glad to be here, um, fired up because uh, it's African American History Month, and what I think is most important for our community is economic development and economic empowerment. And so uh, with my remarks today, I want to inspire all business owners in the audience um, and abroad to lead from the front in terms of economic empowerment and economic development. Uh, that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart as a Southern guy, and so I, I hope that you learn something from me today. Thank you so much, Dwight. Stacy. Good afternoon. I'm Stacy Redman. I'm the founder of Strategy and Management Services. We are a global technology solutions provider, and we specialize in integration and optimization. And what that means is that we help our clients make their IT work for them um, by enhancing their customer experience and by integrating their systems so that they're built with efficiencies and optimization. Um, 
we've been based in Springfield, Virginia since the startup, uh, and that was 12 years ago. And I founded the company many, many years after being in the federal government, both in uniform as a civil servant and then later with industry. I saw a lot of challenges around IT investments and how they weren't integrated and solutions did not talk to each other. So they made it very difficult to accomplish the mission. So I saw a unique opportunity to build a company doing just that. And I'm so happy to be here with you today and happy to share my experiences again so that everyone can learn and grow much faster than I did. Thank you so much, Stacy. And Stacy, you have the distinction. I think I've told you before we chuckle about it. She's the person who sent me my first piece of mail to my company with our actual company name on it. <laughs> but but I love what I love about Stacy is that she is always giving back to smaller businesses. Okay. She opens her door. If you're willing to come in and take the information, she's there to to give it to you. And so you you know, as you start businesses, if people in businesses know this, that's very important, okay, to to get that help. So thank you so much, Stacy. Maria. Good afternoon, everybody. I am so excited to be here today. Um, my name is Maria Suleiman. I'm the owner and managing director of AMA Consulting. Um, we offer uh, professional services and IT services to federal agencies, specifically helping um, agencies develop their people, streamline their processes, and of course, uh, adopt to new technology. As Stacy said, you know, the government is very complex, and a lot of times the solutions and the systems don't talk to each other. So there's a new system, but that creates disruption in processes. And so what we do is offer solutions in terms of strategy development, um, people development. We do a ton of trainings on the soft skills, what people like to say soft skills, but I like to call them business skill size, as well as technical uh, trainings. Um, we help, like I said, we change management, process improvement. Um, and on the technology side, we're specifically focused on assistive technology. So every federal agency has to ensure that all their technology is Section 508 and 504 compliant. And so that's web, mobile, and documents. And so we are in that space uh, specifically supporting OCIOs with making sure that they're not just doing compliance, but building an accessibility program that is effective for, for all of their, uh, not just their um, employees, but the public who use the, the government's uh, websites and, and mobile apps that they put out there. Um, so I, like Stacy, came from the government. I came from the civilian side, from SBA. So I quit my good government job and delved into entrepreneurship eight years ago. It's been a phenomenal ride. And when I'm not doing this, I'm being mom to four small kids. So that's, that's the interesting part. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much, Maria. And I, I want to point out that we were at a conference and Maria was sick. This was yeah. like a year or two ago. No, three years. I was joking with her, and I said, "Hopefully, you know, because you're not quite my age, but you know, I said, hopefully you're not pregnant." <laughs> and she <laughs> called me later when she was pregnant with her fourth child, and I just <laughs> thought it was so funny. <laughs> I was really joking with she her. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Maria. Al. Okay. Good morning, everyone. I'm Al Thomas. I'm the founder of Thomas Solutions Incorporated. Uh, we're about uh, seven years old now. I retired from the Army Special Forces after 20 years. My job there was essentially uh, what we say, engage and destroy the enemy and teach others to essentially do that. So everything that they've all said, I had no idea what they were talking about seven years ago. And so I often encourage people that whatever your background is, whether military or uh, civilian, commercial, or government, uh, it 
doesn't take, uh, it's not impossible to get started, learn the mm -hmm. vocabulary. And uh, it could be, uh, as uh, Stacy said, you know, see our, our growth path. I'm now holding about uh, $20 million in contracts at this point, starting from, you know, it was just yesterday that I was a guy with a laptop sitting on his lazy boy. Mm -hmm. So I uh, definitely encourage you all to uh, ask questions and interact with us and uh, uh, learn what, whatever there's good to take and leave the rest behind. Thank you all so very much. And so we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, the, the first question I have for the panelists is, uh, well, I've already introduced myself. So I am Deirdre Windsor, I own Windsor Group LLC. Uh, we're a professional services company. We've been in business for about three years. Uh, I too, like Maria uh, and Stacy, quit my good government job. I was a, a senior executive at the Department of Justice uh, as the deputy, um, deputy director for management. Uh, and after 13 months, I quit my job. You know, I should I should also follow that up and say that I'm a retired Army officer. So it's not like I was starting from scratch. I was already retired. And so I left my job. And it's it's been great. It's been great because of people like all three of these business owners right here. And also Dwight, because Dwight was, uh, I didn't even know he would be here today. But back when he worked in HHS, he is one of the first government officials who took a meeting with me. This is a big deal when they allow you to come in and present your company to them. And so it is very important to have that help out there. You know, you can do it, but but you need help. And that's what people like all of these successful people on this panel have done. These All of these people have multi-million dollar businesses and they have worked very, very hard. So I'm very excited for you all to get the knowledge that they're gonna give you today. So the first question I wanna ask the panelists, tell us how you got started and what prompted you to uh, go into the government side of business because it's not always easy you know we know sometimes the government can be a little convoluted okay and so talk to us a little bit about that and we'll start over here with Stacy um, yeah so really just uh, as I mentioned earlier I saw an opportunity and um, I had been with industry for a number of years and I was integrating uh, Army Battle Command Systems and I started working in that environment um, long after I had left the military. And in this case, I happened to be sitting at the <coughs> Pentagon. I worked in the CIO's office at the time, and I was doing integration there. Um, and I was very fortunate over the course of my career with industry that I got to see the defense acquisition lifecycle from concept to sustainment. And very few people got mm -hmm. to operate in each one of those elements. So. I happened to be sitting at the, at the Pentagon and I was in the weapon systems review and I was watching programs not get funded. And having been in uniform, this was very concerning to me because these were programs that had I been in uniform, I would have wanted. And I realized, okay, wait a second, what looks like capabilities here that are needed for our service members are not being funded. So we're not necessarily tying those capabilities to the needs, and they're not integrated. And when you sit in, in my case, as a software engineer, and you're sitting in the back of a armored vehicle, and you're watching someone do a call for fire, and they get that call for fire on one system, and they have to key the same information in on another system that is prone to errors, that's a wake-up call because we just lost time and we just put someone's life in danger. And for me, that was the spark that said, you know what, it's broke. Um, you can't sit here and complain. 
if you're going to complain, then you have to do something about it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I said, you know what? I know these systems. I'm going to I'm going to build a company that's working to make these systems interoperable and rely on each other. Um, and that's where it all started. I found my passion. Always follow your follow your passion mm -hmm. because you put more into it. Um, follow your passion. I can't say that enough because it's going to be hard. But if your passion is there and your desire is there, you will overcome any barriers. Thank you, Stacey. I'm going to go to Al because, Maria, I want to ask you the same question, but I'm going to twist yours a bit. Go ahead, Al, and tell us how you got started. What prompted you to go into business and to um, focus in the government arena? Well, Deidre, so since I'm sitting here at the Black Engineer of the Year Award conference here, I'm proud to say that my advantage is that I'm the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> and I'm so dumb that I said, why can't I start a government contracting company? How hard can this be? So I think that the advantage of not knowing actually uh, too much is to discourage myself and to listen too much to naysayers and go, well, they have a saying, how do you eat an elephant? You ever heard that one? Mm -hmm. You eat it one bite at a time. So I didn't have to uh, intimidate myself uh, by seeing the whole elephant, which I couldn't see. I just said, well, what is this? What is this tail? That's not too much. I can eat that. And so uh, I looked out there and I tried to find uh, my first opportunities were just subcontracts. So I'm looking to see how I can get one, we call them full-time equivalents, one full-time employee. So that was my uh, glide slope just a few years ago. It was how do you get the first one? That was my obsession mm -hmm. for like a year and a half. How do, how do you get... I had a little like jobs. I'd win like a little 10, 10 or 20K. But then I go, that's a job. But how do I get an employee? Mm -hmm. And so when I kind of cracked that one, then it's like, well, how do you do more of these? Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had guy, other guys thought it was a joke too, my friends that were there. They were like, they had memes on me, my buddies in the office. And then I hit the 10 mil mark. And it was like, oh, it's not so funny. This actually could work. Mm -hmm. And what I do, <laughs> whoops, whatever, whatever. And that's why I encourage you. To, I mean, I promise you that you can't be more ignorant about uh, government contracting uh, than I was. Okay. Thank you so much, Al. So the, I want to, um, the question for Maria, same question, but Maria, you started out doing something different. You started out helping other companies <laughs> learn how to do business with the federal government because Maria previously worked at the Small Business Administration. And so Maria would help uh, people um, get their 8A, their 8A certification. So what, what prompted you to pivot from that to government contracting? Yeah, so Deirdre is exactly right. So I was at SBA, the Small Business Administration. I was at the Washington DC District Office and I was managing a portfolio of 8A firms. So the 8A program is a program for socially and economically disadvantaged uh, firms that um, ordinarily can't compete in the free market enterprise. And so SBA created this program essentially for business development, to give them access to contracts, provide technical assistance. And so at the time when I worked for SBA, it was really for a personal decision that I wanted to leave. I had two small kids working a full-time job, commuting to DC from Prince George's County, Maryland every day. It was very stressful, and so I just wanted to um, still support small businesses, but do it as a consultant and kind of have that autonomy. And so that's how I started. But by trade, uh, I'm an organizational development consultant and executive coach. So I've always worked in that strategy phase, in that um, 
space, um, developing leaders, um, developing leadership uh, programs. And so when I started supporting small businesses to help them get 8A certified, to help them get on the GSA schedule, to write proposals, to help them win government contracts, then um, the, they would just reach out to me and say, you know, we have this training, can you come um, deliver it? Because that was what I was uh, good at. And also I was doing a ton of trainings for um, the small business development centers um, for years. And it, again, it was not paid. So I have, there's, this is actually scripture that your gift will make room for you. And when you give, it will come back to you. And so just doing trainings, I mean, I would drive an, you know, an hour and a half to Frederick to go teach a class for SBDC for free. But what that did was it put me in front of a lot of small business government contractors and I started to build a network. And so from then they would just reach out to me for training gigs and you know, I would go out to um, small business events and they will ask me, do you have a GSA schedule? We wanna work with you, do you have a GSA schedule? And so I said, oh, okay, what is that? Let me go find out what that is. And I, I mean, I knew what it is, but what is the process to get a schedule? And believe me, it was very tedious. And, but I did that first. And that's one tip for you right now, don't be afraid to do the hard things. Mm -hmm. The hard things will set you apart. So we went, I went for my GSA schedule and that's how I started to win work. And from there, it just, I mean, I never thought that I, I actually did not want to um, start a government contracting firm because I had seen up close and personal working at SBA with a lot of small businesses and just the, the share, you know, work and mental torture it was to do business in this space. But everything just kind of lined up and um, I took my knowledge from watching businesses that were successful at SBA and businesses that were not so successful and when the door started to open, um, eventually got a, our own 8A certification to a little over two years ago, and and that's boom, we're here. Awesome. A couple of million dollars later. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Maria. Okay, so the next question is for Dwight. And so Dwight, you've been working um, your career to help small business owners, to help them succeed. Talk to us, like just, Give it to us straight. What are the biggest things you see, the biggest problems that you see with, with small businesses coming in the door? What are, you, what are the things they're lacking? And what are the things, some of the things that, where you've seen a good small business? What does that look like? So that's a great question. And uh, I think the panelists kind of demonstrate the success of what I don't see uh, from a lot of businesses. So. Uh, in our community, the hardest thing that I see across the board for entrepreneurs is to partner. And so when you're trying to break into the federal market space, uh, you can't go in alone. It's just, it's almost impossible. Uh, you need to have relationships with other businesses who have the corporate infrastructure, the bench strength, uh, the niche capabilities to help you get into the door. And one of the hardest things it is that I see across the board uh, for businesses trying to break into the government is partnership. And so uh, my ask to the business community is partner together to get access to the contract. Okay? Uh, I don't see that enough across the board. I've seen, literally, I've tried my best to kind of marry companies together, so to speak, for particular deals and agencies that, that I've worked in. And uh, to lo and behold, companies just couldn't figure it out. Um, and, and to them, I would say, well, you rather have 0% of no money versus a percent of some money. 
Um, and so you're leaving money on the table because you failed to Say forward. Say that again, Dwight. You rather have what? <laughs> Say that again in, into the mic. Yeah, so everybody you, you rather it. have 0% of no money than a percentage of some money. And so uh, my ask is that you folks figure it out. Um, it, we spin our wheels as, as directors of small business across the government to how do we maintain a competitive space for small companies and new entrants. And, and what we recognize is that not everybody is going to be a prime contractor. That's just the reality. We don't have enough prime contracts. But on every contract, there is some type of subcontracting opportunity where that partnership comes into play. And so partnership is key. The next point is corporate infrastructure around government contracting. So I'm a contracting officer by trade. I've been a contracting officer before I got into the actual small business policy lane. And I will tell you the X's and O's of contracts on the government side are very different. The compliance portion is key. And so if you don't understand the X's and O's around the terms and conditions to what you're signing up for, you're actually setting yourself up to fail. And so one of the things I would tell you is before you even begin to get into this space, start to do some homework around uh, federal contracting 101, uh, what the federal acquisition regulation is, what the Small Business Act is, why do we have all these socioeconomic programs uh, geared towards minority businesses. Um, understand that. Understand the terminology because that's key. I, I, I equate it to uh, playing a sport. No one just jumps and plays a sport without understanding the rules. Mm -hmm. And so understand the rules to which govern my, my game, which is the government contracting business. And the last thing is have a niche capability. I'm going to tell you right now, my biggest frustration and pet peeve with any company coming to talk to me, and I, and I will tell you, I have an open door policy with industry. Uh, regardless of how high I am on the uh, food chain, I keep my door open to any company that wants to meet with me. But when you meet with me, have a niche capability. Do not tell me, oh, I do all things IT, I do all things engineering. Uh, that does nothing for me, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, what I need to hear is, how are you going to solve the problems that my agency has? Uh, the, the threats are real, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we have penetration points that we have identified that we know are weak uh, in, our, in our infrastructure from, from an American standpoint, and we know that the adversaries are trying to find ways right now on how to take us down. And I can't stress that enough. What keeps me up at night is not where I'm going to find the next IT company. It's how am I going to protect this country? How am I going to protect our servicemen and women when they're out in theater. If I have a faulty part attached to one of my assets and that asset is now hackable and that asset goes down in theater and now my servicemen and women are, are in jeopardy of being harmed, that's what keeps me up at night. And so understand the niche capability that you have and how it's going to help this country solve the problems that we have today. Thank you so much, Dwight. Uh, so my next question, and I'm going to start with Al, and then I'm going to uh, we're going to swap out um, so that Al can get in some of his moderator duties. But this question here, I pose to all three of the business owners: Tell me what your biggest challenge has been. Uh, I like asking Al this question because his answer is like so hilarious, but it's so true. I love when you talk to business owners and they just give it to you straight on. What are the things, what are the struggles you dealt with starting out? And I would ask you, Stacey, because you've been in business for a longer period of time, what are some things that you're dealing with now? Um, yeah. And then, Maria, between the two of those, 
you get in there and add, you know, what what's missing. So Al. Okay. So what is what is the yeah. biggest? Challenge? What is one of the challenges? <laughs> yes. So I mean, there's there's so many. Yeah. Um, but the the initial mm-hmm. challenge that that most of us don't recognize we have until we actually get some people. Which one? Do you yeah. Mean? But you got to pay them. Well, there's payment. Yeah. There's financing. <laughs> yeah. There's, that, there's that. So well. Um, so I want to say uh, one thing that before I forget, uh, a mentor is critical. Mm-hmm. A mentor is critical. If you don't know what you're doing, then having somebody to explain that to you is helpful. So mm-hmm. they've already kind of walked the walk. Right. And any you know anyone who's kind of walked the business, small business or larger business, if you have someone that can talk to you to explain what we're talking about right now, you don't need to know. You need someone or some people that know, that go, hey, have you thought about this or what about these steps? Because you're not going to get it just from listening to us right now and just jot them all down. Oh, these are the 10 things. No. So you, someone that you can engage with to, to lead you on that journey. But one of the challenges along those lines is simply being procurement ready. Mm-hmm. So along the lines of what Deidre was saying, because here's the deal. You get, let's say you have your niche capability. We know that you're smart people, capable. You have something that you identify that you know is, is a demand signal. So you, you tell someone, you tell another company that wants to purchase it or team with you, or you tell a government or a commercial uh, vendor that uh, you convince them. And they go, okay, I would like 25 people to start on Monday. Are you ready? <laughs> so you convinced them. You did it. I don't need to hear your spiel anymore. I don't need it. You got me. You sold me. I need 25 full-time employees Monday showing up at 9 in three states. Are you ready? So procurement ready. So the thing, that mentor also will help you uh, think through some of that and what that really looks like and what that means. So that you can also, you don't want to bite off enough that'll you know, choke you to death. You can bite off too much and you can fail too fast. So you can kind of pace yourself a little bit and grow uh, appropriately. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much, Al. Stacey? Uh, biggest challenges, so uh, there's so many, but uh, <laughs> the biggest. I think the biggest is scaling. Mm-hmm. The biggest is scaling. And um, for me, that wasn't scaling at the beginning, but it's scaling after year 10. And I'll tell you why. So the company, extremely successful at the beginning. I did all, all these things that, that Dwight was saying. Go meet with those folks. They're there and they're willing to help. Um, but you have to be prepared. Definitely be ready. Know what you're doing and know what your ask is. Um, and by doing that and building those relationships, I was able to grow SAMS from zero to 20 million in less than three years. So we grew very quickly. But prior to that, I spent 18 months laying the infrastructure for that growth because I knew when we grew, it was going to be like this, right? So we were good there. And we kept growing. And because our infrastructure was solid and company was solid, we got a lot of phone calls. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Yes, 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 yes. Because, right, you're building a company. What do you got to do? You got to book revenue, right? That's, that's what you got to do. But then I started reflecting about year eight. And I was like, hmm, wait a second. Remember I talked about passion? And I, st- I said, we're not on task. This is not why I started the business. And I realized, wait a second, I've derailed my own company. 
because I've acquired clients that did not fit my culture. And I got employees that did not align with my culture and did not support my vision and didn't know where we were going. And for me, I'm building legacy. So all those things are important because this is something that's going to go on in the future. So I need people around me who understand that and embrace it and are going to help us get there. So I said, mm, stop. Divest yourself of that business that does not support your passion and does not align with your culture. Thank you. Please do not exercise the option here. Here's a great company who can do this work for you. And rebuild the company. And that's what we did. We got realigned and we said, okay, we're going to focus here because this is us, this is what we do best, and this is what we love to do. And this is the work that's going to feed our soul and build our community. And that's tough. That's, I had to have a lot of conversations with the bank because revenue started going the other way. I, you know, and, but when people align your, with your vision, and tell people your vision because they'll get behind you to support it. So make sure you have a vision and make sure you know where you're going, not just with your company and life, because people will support you. And that's important. That's, it's tough. It's a big leap. But you can do it. When they know your vision and they know what you're about, they're going to be with you every step of the way. You're listening to Lessons in Leadership, Essentials for Becoming a Successful Government Contractor, a Blueprint for Success, a Professional Development Seminar, featuring Deidre Windsor, Dwight DeNeal, Stacey Redman, Jimmy Smith, Lieutenant Colonel Alan Thomas, and Maria Asuleman. Brought to you by the Global Catalyst for Change, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you, Stacy. Stacy said two things very important. You got to know when to say no, when to divest yourself and move out in a different direction, you know how to pivot. But she also said at the beginning something very important that Sometimes the people you make it to this point with aren't the same people that you're going to make it to this point with. So she realized at a certain point in her company that her vision was here and there were people who were still like, we made it, like this is good enough. But that's not, that wasn't her vision. That wasn't the end for her. And so she had to step back and say, okay, we need to turn this around um, and I need to get you know, the right people in place. I've heard people on panels say, the CFO you start with to get you to a million dollars is not, may, may not be the same CFO to get you to a hundred million dollars. And you need to be able to recognize that. And you need to know how to move in a different direction. Yeah. Maria. This is, this is, I so admire your story and I would just want to commend you for your transparency to be just very candid because one of the things, I don't know if it's okay for me to be totally honest, but yes. Deirdre knows me that I keep it real. In the government contracting space, especially around Washington, D.C., you see a lot of fluff. Mm. 
you see a lot of people that want to act like they have it together when they don't really have it together. And so the greatest challenge for me, so that's why I really commend you with saying, here is what happened. And this was the challenge, and this is how we were able to navigate through that. Because you're not going to get a lot of people who give it to you straight like she just gave it to you. And it's a big teaching point because for me, the greatest challenge was underestimating how much skill you need as a leader, as a manager, as an entrepreneur to be able to be successful. Not just in government contracting, but in any business, period. Because everything that they've talked about, so Dwight talked about partnership, you need the skill to be able to assess a company, to be able to do your own visioning and make sure that that company aligns with you um, culture-wise and also with the technical expertise and the, that they have complementary skills and not competitive skills. That's a skill that you have to have to be able to do that analysis. You need the skill to be able to read your balance sheet and say, okay, where are we and where are we trying to go? What infrastructure do I need to put in place? You need a skill to be able to do your uh, strategic plan for your company every year. And as you build your capture and business that you want to go after, to say, okay, this is what we this is what fits within our capabilities. This is also what fits within scope and complexity. We are not at the point now where we can have 25 people in three different places of performance. Maybe we need to start, uh, get a team member who can take Florida and Atlanta and we'll take DC for now. That's a skill. That's decision-making skill. That's analysis skill. That's collaboration is a skill. These are all leadership skills. And so what happens a lot of time is that you have a great idea, you're passionate, or you have the technical expertise, you're a software engineer, or your experience, or for me, being you know, at SBA, and you're like, oh, this is really fun, but you don't, you don't realize what it really takes. The point being is that you have to be open to grow. You have to develop yourself as a leader. I always tell people, what makes you great is what you say no to, not what you say yes to. Mm -hmm. That requires a lot of restraint mm -hmm. because there is that desire to want to be successful and get to that $10 million mark, that $20 million mark. But restraint, excuse me, is as a result of self-leadership for you to say, no, we're not going to do that. That may mean that we don't meet our revenue target for this year. But that's going to position us to be able to get even more in terms of that revenue target and not kill ourselves in the process. So for me, the greatest thing that starting AMA has taught me is forced me to grow as a leader. Even with when you talk about dealing with employees. I mean, I have crazy stories. I mean, I've I hired a, a ex-con and didn't know it. For real, for real. Like, she was about to... <laughs> she, she was about to like literally um, steal my identity. I mean, it's all kinds of crazy stuff. You don't know because you don't have the skill. You've never held a 20 employee. You know, when you manage employees at a large bureaucracy, you're not responsible for their payroll. You don't know what they're, you know, but when you have employees that work for you and they service your customer where your company's name is on the line, it's a totally different ball game. So now we're talking about supervisory skills for managing employees. Now you're talking about leadership for developing your people. Now you're talking about communication skills for outlining your vision in a way that people can follow. And that's the real challenge. That's the real challenge. Thank you so much, Maria. Um, man, that's a, this is a great point to pivot to the, the next question. 
uh, you talk about trust uh, and people representing your company. Let's talk about teaming. And so, Dwight, you talked about people having to uh, make the decision to team with other companies. Tell us about some of the, you know, some of the things that you've seen when teaming didn't go right and when it did go right. And for the business owner panelists, talk to us about what goes into your decision to decide to partner, first of all, and choosing the partner. And so I'll start with you, Dwight. So, so some of the successes I've seen in terms of strong partnerships from business to businesses that are doing business with the government is first understanding the client that you're serving. Um, so, you know, federal, the federal executive branch is huge. I mean, literally almost 600 plus billion dollars in federal contracts are awarded on an annual basis. Uh, each agency uh, has their own budget and contracting budget. And so even within the defense space, which is the largest portion, uh, there's almost 300 million plus of that. So uh, understand the client that you're trying to serve. Understand their mission, uh, the pain points in their mission. Uh, understand the budget that Congress passed for that organization. I think that's probably the most critical thing is understanding the budget. A lot of folks, uh, you know, reading is fundamental. Um, and and what, what, what we fail to do uh, initially, whether it's one company to another company or just a company get, trying to break into the space, is understand what Congress has passed for execution from the budget end. Uh, what has led to my success fairly quickly uh, in the government ranks is that I understand what the Hill has appropriated for my agency. I get after where the pain points are for my agency. And I look to program officers across the agency and say, hey, here's how my equity can help your equity. And I think if you adopt that mentality, how my equity can help your equity, and understand that, bring that to the table, then the partnership is going to work. But where it's not going to work is where you are self-serving in that. Mm -hmm. and, and to that point, there are a lot of selfish folks in businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen them come to my office. Uh, I've seen them try to undercut folks on bids. I mean, it, government contracting is a dirty business. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of folks that aren't ethical <laughs> in the business, but uh, hold true to those virtues that of why you started a particular company or organization and align yourself with other organiza uh, companies and organizations that have those same virtues. Okay, thank you, Dwight. I'm gonna move over to Al. Al has punted his duties back to me. So I'm gonna ask Al the question because Al, your initial major contract was a partnership if I'm correct. Okay, talk to us about that and how you made the decision because because people will throw stuff at you, mm -hmm. you know, depending on if you might have the GSA schedule. So somebody says, partner with me because I got a relationship. But it's not always that simple. It's not just that they punt, you know, do this with eight A's and service disabled veteran. They do it if you have any type of vehicle, people will come to you and say, I got a relationship. How do you make the decision? How did you make that decision on your initial major contract to go with the people that you went with. Okay, so uh, to try to make this story as short as I can for this, um, but essentially as, my, as I started exploring how to eat the elephant and started getting into the space, uh, other companies that I was trying to team with, they just started noticing that I was hungry and I was gonna push and I was gonna do the work though. I was willing to help work, I was willing to help lift. I was trying to do whatever it takes to get a win. Everyone wants to win. Everyone loves a winner. So what it was is the other companies started to uh, approach me. And to this day, every, 
100%, I think, of the contracts I've had. So I had a $10 million one, I had a $20 million one. They bring it to me. I didn't find it. So my other larger companies find it, and they come to, they come to me. Al, could you NDA uh, do an agreement, a uh, non-disclosure agreement or a teaming agreement for this opportunity or that opportunity? 100% of the work that I'm doing right now was all brought to me. I didn't go find it. I didn't even know it existed. So uh, relate. I think just as you, if you were to start out, as you show your uh, commitment to a team, as you show your first chance to be a good team player, a good team member, that you're willing to do your share of the work, that you're you know involved in it, invested in it. Uh, I think that it's just you know people say relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like the way they say in uh, um, real estate, it's uh, location, location, location. A lot of people say in uh, mm-hmm. our business, it's relationships, relationships, yep. relationships. And so those those relationships that I just built from like who's this guy, to where hey he's trying to he's trying to do something, and uh, now we are where we are from those relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, Al. Uh, and we'll go ahead, um, Stacy. And and what I'm going to ask you, Maria, is and, and Stacy, you can piggyback on this also. Um, sometimes the, the partnerships don't go right, or sometimes people come to you to team. And then somehow they end up with the contract. So, mm. you know, both of you think about that. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. <laughs> or just the teaming and how you make the decision and how do you make the decision to, to deal with who you're going to deal with. Because it's like marriage, you know. You're trusting that we're together for better or for worse mm-hmm. to the end, but it doesn't always end up that way. doesn't always end up that way. Well, certainly over the years we've had our share of teaming partners and then some. Um, you know, but you get smarter, right? Mm-hmm. You get smarter. Sometimes you, you got to take those lessons and make that lemonade and just get smarter. Um, and some things just aren't meant to be, and some things actually are blessings in disguise, okay? Mm-hmm. So just know that. Um, but we're, we've gotten very selective about who we partner with. Um, and because at the end of the day, here's, here's the thing that you have to remember, especially if you were the prime, all right? Your name's on the line. Okay, you're the one that put your house out there, put your family out there, and put everything else in your life before you to support your business. So you need to know that. If this goes wrong, if they do something wrong, and you signed up, it's on you. (coughs) So it is a legal binding action, first and foremost. Okay? You need to remember that, especially in this day and age. Just like Dwight said, there's a lot of companies out there Mm -hmm. that are willing to do work, and they're willing to do it for less than you and maybe sometimes better than you, okay? So it's very competitive. So make sure you know who you're dating. Mm -hmm. Make sure you know know who who you're you're marrying, Mm -hmm. okay? And if it doesn't fit, don't do it. Don't do it. There are other opportunities. So just know that it's not meant to be. Don't try to force relationships. Um, we've had some, again, that worked and some that didn't work. And the ones that didn't work, we're very thankful that they didn't work because we see where they are now and we're still here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Thank you, Stacey. Maria? Okay, so... Maria had to take a drink. I felt like you had something on your mind <laughs> when I asked that. <laughs> so, you know... When I first started thinking about actually doing work for the government, like I said, because I was supporting contractors, I had, you know, like a capture plan, you know, that I was using to support clients. And so the experience that 
taught me about partnerships was I had identified an opportunity and I, you know, found this company that had past performance with the agency. And of course, knew that it would be better to team with them because it will, ha it will have a higher win probability. They had no idea about the work. Um, and eventually, once they saw that the, it was, you know, real and a, a real opportunity, we um, had a, a verbal agreement. So we didn't have a teaming agreement or anything in place. And they went after the work and, of course, won. And um, I got nothing. <laughs> so one thing about me is I'm a fast learner. <laughs> I learn from everything. And you have to have that, what I call mental agility. Because you're never going to know. You don't know. You have to bite the apple, bite the elephant one, what, how do you say it? <laughs> one bite at a time. So, so you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. But you have to learn quickly. So what I did is after crying for like three or four days straight, because, you know, I had imagined how that would just take my company, you know, to the, and it would have been a good launch for me. I sat down and I said, okay, what are the things that I did not do? One, I didn't have a team in agreement in place. Two, I really didn't know the company. I knew of them, but I didn't know them. Um, three, I wasn't bringing anything to the table. I didn't have my equity. So it was easy for them to discard me. Um, and so with that, what I did from that was I created a teaming partner vetting sheet. And so it's an actual document where I've created categories by culture because I also want to know what does, what's the word on the street about your company? Because that is going to affect my company's reputation. And so I followed that teaming partner vetting sheet and our first large contract, uh, 8A contract that was uh, base plus three, just at four million was as a result of a collaboration. I was very clear on what I was bringing to the table. And I was also very clear about what they were bringing to the table. And I was not just going to have the partnership just to get the contract. I was going to leverage the partnership to also improve my capability. So while they were the experts in accessibility for the last 30 years, and they're known all over the world, even globally, I'm new into the accessibility space, but I know government contracting. You know, I'm the 8A firm. I know customer relationship management. I know how to package services, the project management piece, the quality management piece, so that we're doing more than just doing accessibility. We're actually adding value to the customer to where AMA is not just a shell prime. We are the real prime. And so that teaming part of vet vetting sheet is what I use. And also, don't um, discard your instinct. It's back to that leadership piece and self-leadership you will know a lot of times when people are talking and you just can tell that what they're saying is you it's not it's not hitting you right don't don't discard that and research so again and you know you ha that was one mistake for me and you have to learn from it and but have a system in place for how you vet and i do agree with Daniel. i told my staff the key word for 2020 and this decade is collaboration so we are actively seeking partners. We're seeking small businesses. We're seeking large businesses. And also collaborating with the client, not just saying, you know, we're here offering a service. Like, we're really here to help you achieve mission. That's the difference between a butts in a seat company and a solution-based company. And we want to be a solution-based company. That takes a lot of work. And so 
that's that's what I would say about teaming. And and sometimes you can another thing you can do everything right, do all the vetting right, and it still go wrong. Don't be afraid to make that decision and exit quickly, right. and cut your losses. And, and so that takes courage. That's another leadership competency. You're going to get tired of me talking about that. But that's, that's the truth. Because it takes courage to say, hey, we're going to have to terminate this relationship. And you have to go talk to the customer and say, here's the situation. A there was a breach of trust. Or there's just something on their end that we can't continue with. And it may cause some disruption on the contract, but the customer will trust you better and you become a trusted advisor because you made that executive decision and you didn't punt. Awesome. Thank you so much, Maria. I want to um, ask right now if there are any questions from the audience. Anybody have a question? Hi, my name is Lakeisha Tomlin, um, and I do own a small business. It's fairly young. It's more in the uh, leadership development space. And I don't really have a, well, I do have a question. Uh, will any of you mentor me? Oh. <laughs> let me let me tell you something. What's your name again? Lakeisha. Let me tell you something right that Lakeisha did. I always tell people ask questions. You know why? Because as soon as she said I'm Lakeisha Tomlin, I own a small business, and it's in leadership development. What do you think I thought? She needs to talk to Maria because this is what Maria does. And so when you go places, sometimes. You don't know. I remember a lady, uh, you all know Kathy Freeland, this lady, she sold her business years ago for $23 million, but I was lightly stalking her. But I asked a question at a conference, and it prompted her to come and talk to me. And I would have never met her other than that. So, so that's a big deal. In business, networking is a big deal. Yes, yes. you never know. So, yes, speak up. Even if it's to say your name, the name of your company, you might say, we're eight A certified. That some business in the room may say, "Well, we got a you know relationship, and we're trying to build something." They they'll prompt them to come talk to you. So that is a big deal. So yes, um, Lakeisha, uh, Maria is going to talk to you. So also with that, um, there is a association in the area called the Retired Military Officers Business Association. It's not really uh, just military officers. It's open to anyone. It's a, a small community of about 70 companies right now mm -hmm. that have been in uh, working together up to 25 years together. Mm -hmm. And it meets first Saturday of every month in the area at different locations. It's called Retired Military Officers Business Association. It's a great place to find mm -hmm. mentors, collaboration, hear about the lessons learned. It's, it's basically this kind of dialogue and interaction uh, it's, if you're interested in that, there, that is a place that you might be interested in looking in. Full disclosure, I'm on, a, I'm on the board of that, so, mm -hmm. but it's a place where that's what we do. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Al. Uh, 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 mm -hmm. um, so there, there's a federal resource for you uh, called SCORE. SCORE uh, is a, what I want to call them, they, they get grants from the SBA. And so SCORE, SCORE offers mentors to business owners um, that are just starting up. Um, and so you can go to score.org and uh, you can find a local score office wherever you're located at, um, get on their counseling sheet, and, and from there they can uh, get you a, a particular business mentor in the sector that you're working in. Awesome. So I'm, I, have a, I have other questions for the panel, but please feel free to raise your hand if you have a question. Yes, sir. You and then you, ma'am. You can do Yeah. Go ahead. 
so a couple of things um, on that. Uh, so fortunately, the federal acquisition regulations have changed uh, to protect mm -hmm. companies just like yours. Um, well, when you, when you, yes, yes. No, 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 no. Companies just like yours to protect the small businesses, right? Um, but you, first off, if, if you're going to work with them, you got to have something, all right? And it's not your socioeconomic status, okay? You've got to own that client relationship, or you have either, or you've got to be delivering something that they don't have. Okay, there. Everybody wants a "What's in it for me?" All right. So, what are you bringing to the table? What's the value that you bring? And then you have to own that value going forward, and you have to maintain that value. All right. And then within that teaming agreement, say you go down this road and you're going after an opportunity within that teaming agreement, you need to make sure, and they're going to push back. You need to make sure that that language is very specific about the work that you get, okay? Be it this is your swim lane, you're expecting this, because then you get privity with the contracting officer. Again, this is a change in the federal acquisition regulation. Didn't used to have this. Didn't used to have these protections as a subcontractor. You have that now. So if you've got agreement to a work share in a teaming agreement, you can take that forward. Anybody else want to try that question? Anybody? I just say real, real quick that um, my best defense would be uh, Mr. Dwight here because as long as it competes in the small business space, I have repeatedly and other small companies we're very effective at defeating the larger companies. We team with them, we team with them, and we also compete, and we we can we can do what they do. I can't build a joint strike fighter right now, not yet, <laughs> but. The, uh, so there's spaces where they're good, but uh, they're they're niche. But there's things that we can do if it breaks it out of their little grip there a little bit, where we can get to the, get to that space. We uh, if they break it down from a you know 700 FTE effort, for example. I don't want to bite that one; wow. it's too big for me. But uh, if it, they drop it down to a couple hundred, I'll take a swing at that one. Okay, thank you, thank you, panelists, ma'am. Hi, um, my name is Francesca. I'm currently a student. So I just had a question because you guys mentioned a lot of the challenges that you went through. And, you know, as a student, you go through a lot of challenges as well. Sometimes it could be discouraging. I wanted to know how you guys realized that, you know, this is your passion, despite the challenges that you guys will overcome it. And, you know, how did you know that basically you could get through all the challenges like that? Okay, Maria? So I think Stacy said it um, clearly about know your passion, but also know your strengths and know, know your capability. So I've always been an entrepreneur. When I was in college at UNBC, I used to go to um, New York Canal Street and buy handbags and sell on campus and make a lot of money. You know, I sold real estate for years. I've always had that business acumen. Um, but I wasn't clear on what it is that I wanted to, to do with it. You know, at one point I wanted to go to law school and then I didn't want to go to law school. But just going through working in organizations, starting from academia to working for a small consulting company uh, to then working for government, I identified what my capabilities were and what my strengths were, are. And I've stayed in that space, even with starting AMA, and I go back and I look at everything that I did from being an academic advisor um, at the university to, like I said, selling handbags. It taught me about money. It, all of that has helped to where I am today. So 
the biggest thing about having staying power is if your why is for the wrong reason and if you're not standing in your strength, you're not going to be able to make it um, because the resilience piece really comes from you mm-hmm. playing in your own lane. And it's challenging because we live in a time where people want to compare People want to say, you know, what you're doing is not that important, you know, and so there's pressure for you to be something other than or become something other than what it is you were destined to be. So I think staying true to that. And then the second thing is you have to learn um, um, strategies for maintaining your strength. I'm looking for the the better word to say, but basically Mm self-care because it is tough. And uh, you're not going to be resilient if you end up falling down, which actually happened to me. Mm-hmm. 2016, I was teaching a class and basically dropped mm-hmm. because I wasn't managing my stress mm-hmm. and I wasn't taking care of myself. Yeah. So the resilience piece has to do with, number one, staying in your, in your, knowing who you are, knowing what your why, staying in that space and being confident in that and growing that. It will help you weather the storms. Because if you're in your lane, you're going to weather the storm. And then secondly, really putting that self-care and building yourself up so that, because the challenges will come. But if you're, if you're not standing firm on your own two feet and you're not taking care of yourself, then you won't be able to weather the storm. Thank you, Maria. So listen, we have run out of time, but what I want to do, and I apologize for the people who didn't get their questions in, but before we leave, I would like just one tip from each one of our panelists uh, one piece of advice that you could would give to this audience of new business owners or old business owners that are looking to um, move into the government <coughs> contracting space or just people who are looking for advice to progress uh, in their life. And we'll start down here with Al and we'll, we'll end with you, Dwight. Okay, go ahead, Al. Believe in yourself. Just do it. You can do it. It's, it just go for it. That's it. That's so big. Like, I just want to reiterate that. A lot of times we don't get what we want because we don't just do it. People think it's cliche to say that, but really a lot of people are held back because they didn't do that thing. So if it, whatever that thing is, do it. Thank you, Al. That was great. Maria. Don't be afraid to do the hard things. They're not as hard as they seem, and it will set you apart. Thank you, Maria. Stacy. Um, just going to echo, you know, add one thing and echo. Um, purpose and passion. Uh, given a life, you have purpose, you have meaning. Find your passion and stick to it. All right. Thank you, Stacy. Dwight, you have the final word today. Sure. Uh, so, uh, in the words of uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant, Mamba mentality mm-hmm. grit, patience, perseverance. It starts with you first, regardless of whether you're trying to do business with the government or just any business in general, you gotta have grit. Mm -hmm. Then you gotta have patience to sustain that grit. And then when those challenging times come, you gotta have that perseverance to get over them. If you have that, you're gonna win. Can we have a round of applause for our our panelists? Thank you so much. Thank you so much to each one of our panelists. Thank you for listening to Lessons in Leadership. Essentials for Becoming a Successful Government Contractor. A Blueprint for Success. A Professional Development Seminar. Featuring President and CEO of the Windsor Group, Deidre Windsor. Director for the DLA Office of Small Business Programs, 
Dwight DeNeal, founder of Strategy and Management Services Incorporated, Stacy Redman, director for the Small Business Programs Department of the Navy, Jimmy Smith, president of Thomas Solutions Incorporated, Lieutenant Colonel Alan Thomas, and managing partner for AMA Consulting, LLC, Maria Asuliman. If you've enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.bea.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.